one of the aspects of leadership that is rarely discussed is as a leader, you have to make really good judgment calls with limited data. I think like, you know, no one talks about this, but it's so important. And so reading the right data becomes so crucial to make good judgment calls or make, place the right bets. Because if you have wrong data coming your way, you could spend all the time doing this or if you don't recognize it's bad data. So yeah, good data and the, the cleanliness of the systems is super critical and helps any leader. You're listening to Sunny Side Up, a B2B podcast that brings you the juiciest insights from go-to-market leaders and practitioners. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Sunny Side Up. I'm your host, Eric McIntyre. Today, I'm super excited to talk to Prachi Gore on building an agile go-to-market strategy. Prachi is an accomplished marketing leader with a passion for innovation, team building, and consistent high performance. She has almost 15 plus years of experience in marketing and consulting, driving demand generation, brand adoption, and growth. Prashi also has a very strong track record in delivering high-impact campaigns while driving operational efficiency and increasing ROI. Prashi, I'm really excited to talk to you. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Eric. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's dive right into it. Um, 15 years of experience. That's awesome. Could you, I guess, share with our listeners a bit about your extensive background in marketing? Absolutely. Um, so I uh, started my marketing career in consumer tech. Um, so performance marketing in digital marketing. So I ran digital marketing for SunPower. Um, it's a solar company. Um, and then kind of transitioned into B2B. And, and since I've done large enterprise B2B, PLG, which is our latest motion. So all over kind of the spectrum of things you could do in marketing. I think my favorite aspect that I'm carrying forward from my consumer days is at the end of the day, you're talking to people and that's what marketing is about. So uh, that sums up my experience. But uh, yeah, it's been a great ride. It's been more than 15 years. I think it's almost two decades at this point, but <laughs> we'll keep it at 15. Makes me feel young. <laughs> well, yeah, time flies. 15, I love that. Um, let's talk about Checker. You know, last year you guys made two relatively large acquisitions of both Moto HR and Good Hire. Um, what was, I guess, the strategic intent behind those acquisitions or moves? Yeah, I mean, both of those acquisitions were directly tied to um, our growth strategy. Um, so the Moto one was very specifically regional expansion into the Canadian markets. And so we acquired Moto. Um, the good hire acquisition was an expansion of our self-serve product. So Checker has always had a self-serve product. Uh, it wasn't kind of an area that we were solely focused on maybe three years ago, uh, but we started expanding that motion and kind of building out self-service for all. Um, and that led us to the SMB market, uh, which is a pretty extensive market. Um, and good hire was a prominent dominant player in there. Um, so this was kind of a, a quick accelerator on our growth strategy um, and, and and a great acquisition. I mean, the team's integrated really well. It's been a year at this point, and uh, we've just seen tremendous success uh, with this. So, you know, it it kind of sounds like you were already making some adjustments to your go-to-market strategy, and then had these acquisitions in mind. Were there any, I guess, unforeseen changes that you had to make pivots on post-acquisition that were a surprise for you and you had to adjust accordingly? No, not not related to acquisitions. We 100% uh, were part of our go-to-market expansion. Um, and I'm just trying to think. No unforeseen 
uh, events or circumstances. Uh, we we went into both of these very knowingly. It was a long roadmap, not just of acquisition, but also integration. Um, so kind of big teams diligently working through the migration and integration strategy. So I think we thought through most of the things. Um, nothing comes to mind right now as unforeseen. But uh, talking about unforeseen, you know, 2023 has a lot of interesting <laughs> potential things. Um, so, yeah, but not the acquisitions. They were they were pretty straightforward. Well, hey, it sounds like it was a smooth transition. That's a it's a good talking point to maybe pivot to our discussion. You know, as a leader, um, when you think of being agile with your go to market strategy, and as you mentioned, with unforeseen changes in the business environment. Um, how do you pivot on a dime? Like, how do you allow yourself to have that flexibility? And what can you do as a leader to to be ready for something like that? I think the most critical piece of of being nimble, I guess, as a business or as a leader, is um, to always be kind of in like this test, iterate, grow, pilot, test, iterate, grow mode. No matter how big or small your program is, there is always some like big bang stuff that you just go for. Uh, but even in that, kind of be very iterative in your process leading up to the big bang. Uh, that's helpful because. Uh, because if you have kind of shorter timelines, more, you know, uh, faster decision making in weeks, not, you know, months, um, you, you're always closer to the ground, I like to say. And so if you're reading data, you're getting input, you can always pivot. You're, it's not too late. You're not too deep uh, into a program or a process. Uh, so I think that is that is one of the important aspects of just being nimble. I think the second thing is um, always having a pulse on data. I think, you know, uh, and, and data could be like, you know, um, quantitative data, but it's also qualitative data. Uh, just always listening to your customers, listening to what is happening in the market, like just staying close to that uh, helps you read signals and patterns before uh, they become solid, you know, uh, and so starts starts kind of the the wheels churning in your mind of like, okay, what if like start building a backup plans and scenarios i think that is helpful um if if you know uh, if you want to be a nimble business and i think you know just like literal practices from agile we are not a 100% agile team or you know like business like we don't use agile marketing practices necessarily as a team uh but we've taken some nuggets like stand-ups, you know, with leadership um, or uh, shorter cycles like sprints. So we do a lot of those things. And I think it's just about, you know, faster decision making and faster data reading that helps you pivot as needed. Um, so that's been kind of the philosophy uh, at Chakur, but, you know, for me as a leader as well. Yeah, I, I love that. Um, so looking ahead to 2023, we're already there. <laughs> what e-focus areas for for checker i mean for us it's been a fantastic i've been there two and a half years maybe a little bit more it's been a fantastic two and a half years of growth uh it's just doubling down on that we've expanded into new motions i talked about self-service for all uh last year was a lot of experimentation like prove recipes type of mode uh this year is going to be scale, sophistication, more savvy in those programs, uh, both on the acquisition side, but also on the customer growth side. Um, I think we have such a large customer base, like almost, you know, in the tens of like lots of tens of thousands. Um, and they vary from SMB all the way to like large, large, you know, Fortune 100 enterprise companies. Um, so how do you do kind of uh, customer 
what are the customer touch points? How do you scale those programs? Um, customer marketing, customer success, ensure there's value driven, you know, we are close to the customer. I think that's going to be a big, big focus for us in 2023. Um, and then, you know, mission is such an important part of the checker story, the checker brand, the checker innovation. Uh, and so how do we, you know, take that to market more? How do we get more employers to be fair chance employers? Uh, that is definitely still top of mind. How do we drive policy and societal impact uh, to make this industry, you know, uh, to right all the wrongs in this industry, I guess. But Checker has always been about that from day one. It's been eight years and that that never, you know, that's that's always prominent, like top of the list for us. Um, so those are, I mean, acquisition, growth, uh, that never goes away as a marketing leader. It's all about that. Uh, the mission aspect of our brand continues to be more and more prominent. So how do we drive that societal impact and, and then customer uh, focus? Yeah, I love that. Um, so you, you mentioned this a little bit earlier, and I, I want to touch on it. It's top of mind for a lot of organizations, right? Um, uh, economic uncertainty, right? <laughs> like yeah, right around the corner. I guess, how are you and your organization adapting to the current economic downturn? Uh, that agile strategy, what pivots are you thinking about? Yeah, so our, um, so far, we've not seen any impact of that. So checkers still growing, we are doing well, the businesses, we are hiding, the business is hiding, right? There is growth. Uh, so sitting here, but no one has the crystal ball. So we, you know, we if there is a looming recession, we've seen that across tech already, quite a lot of impact. Um, if that happens, how do you think about that? So there, that was kind of top of mind for us through the planning process last year. Uh, so um, one aspect of our process was lots of scenario building. You know, uh, we are still going for our, a growth strategy, uh, still pushing on the market. Uh, but you know, what are our other what are other scenarios that we just play them out? Uh, so we are ready. I think uh, cautious, just cautiously uh, increasing our investments. Uh, so we aren't kind of just um, you know, it's not growth at all cost. Uh, I'm not suggesting that we ever <laughs> were doing that, but it's definitely not the mindset going forward. Uh, so a lot of focus on, you know, uh, where are where are we putting the resources? What are the programs that we are we are driving? Um, so just being very very um, cautious and in our decision making and just thinking through uh, a lot of that, and especially if we are going to take up big liabilities. And and then I I think. Um, the last thing is just investing more cycles. We've always had a lot of customer data coming to us and a pretty solid analytics team, uh, but investing more leadership cycles in kind of staying closer to that data and reviewing kind of, you know, what's happening with our customer base, communicating more often uh, just to stay closer to that. So we recognize patterns, as I was saying early, before before it's late and can react. Um, so those are some of the measures I think, you know, we have... Um, it's we we've we've gone through a really great uh, planning process, uh, extremely thoughtfully done. So uh, we are still very bullish for our year, but we are prepared if you know something unforeseen comes our way. Yeah, always great to be uh, proactive rather than react. Exactly. Yeah, love that. Um, so for for our listeners, let's say I, I'm a leader. Uh, I've been tasked to to make my organization our strategy more agile, as you mentioned. How would you recommend they build that out from the ground up? What would be some of the steps involved? Yeah, I, I think, um, so I, I can speak for what what has worked for me. There was a time when I actually tried to take marketing or at least my department, demand gen then like 100% agile. So there's lots of pros and cons to all of that. But 
the things that have stuck with me and and that I would recommend for someone that's starting fresh is um, adopt some sort of project management or program management framework. I think if you don't have that and your leaders or campaign owners or whoever in your team don't have don't don't assume that responsibility, it's all gonna fall flat because someone has to keep track of everything going. I think the second thing that I would say is important is just putting in the right decision making steps in your in your program or process, ideally data-driven, uh, because that really drives the success or failure of that agile methodology is like early flavors. Either you love it or you it's like not worth it and then you won't go through the cycle. So the data-driven decision-making is important. Um, and I think the last thing is like those daily stand-ups, they feel like a lot. It's like, what are we going to do in this 15-minute like daily stand-up? Uh, but for complex projects are so critical or just for leadership alignment are so critical um, so often even I'm like, oh, there's like, we meet every day, but in the few times where we've had those meetings just standing and we talk about issues, it's been so critical to discuss that and have that forum and unblock, uh, anything that's coming your way and keep the team moving really fast. So those would be, if I had to just pick three, I would say like, you know, make data-driven decision-making, those standups are important and then have some sort of, you know, project program management mindset decided and adopted in the teams. That's great. You know, it's it's funny. Data driven decisions has come up a few times in, in some of your answers. Obviously, you understand the value of good data and the pitfalls of what can happen if you're working with bad data and making the wrong decisions. I think it's really good for our for our listeners to think about is you know data is constantly shifting. I think the the sad is uh, you know data out all data is outdated every or refreshes every two years, right? So it's constantly evolving and changing you know, who you're going after, your target ICP is constantly shifting and you need to be aware of that. So you're, you're making smart decisions, right? And uh, educated ones, at least. So I love that. A hundred percent. And I, I think the, you know, as, as, and you know this, Eric, but as you, one of the aspects of leadership that is rarely discussed is as a leader, you have to make really good judgment calls with limited data. <laughs> I think like that's like an under, you know, no one talks about this, but it's so important. And so reading the right data becomes so crucial to make good judgment calls or make, place the right bets. Because if you if you have wrong data coming your way, you could spend all the time doing this. Or if you don't recognize it's bad data. Um, so yeah, good data and the, the cleanliness of the systems is super critical um, and, and helps any leader. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. I could not agree more. I okay. could tell you how much time I've spent with bad data, doing all this research, only for it to be incorrect. And I just wasted three hours of my life. Imagine at a scale of an entire company's market strategy. So exactly. Yes. Um, well, Prachi, I, I really appreciate it. You know, we we always like to wrap up our our uh, interviews with three questions. The first one being, you know, Goodreads. Is there a book, blog, newsletter, website, or video that you would recommend to our listeners? So I, I'm reading some business books right now um, on how to do effective communication, which probably not as interesting. But one book that I loved um, that I read last year was Green Lights. Um, so I would recommend that to anyone. It's if you if you're into audiobooks, it's a great narration. Um, so listen to it and lots of prescriptions, lots of great life lessons. So Green Lights. Absolutely, I'll write that down. Um, uh, for some good people, uh, could you share the name of three inspirational people in the B2B space that you recommend we bring to the show? Three inspirational. Um, yeah, I think B2B. Okay. So 
My favorite top of the list, I would say, would be Christine Hecker. Uh, she used to be a CMO that I've worked for in the past, but then went on to be a CEO and, and is a founder today. So just like incredibly accomplished uh, woman, very strong leader, bold ideas, very inspirational. Um, so Christine Hecker. Uh, my second pick would be Robert Chatwani. He's the CMO of Atlassian. Uh, deep, thoughtful, uh, extremely humble very inspirational. Anytime you talk to him, he's like dropping gold nuggets. Uh, feels like it. Um, three. Oh, that's a tough one. Will two do? <laughs> two is fine. They already sound like two amazing people. So I appreciate <laughs> it. Um, and then last but not least, how can people get in touch with you after this podcast? I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, so absolutely, you know, hit me up. I'm usually very responsive. Um, otherwise, prachi.co or at checker.com. <laughs> Prachi, thanks so much. I really enjoyed having you on our podcast today. Um, thanks again for being on the show and uh, best of luck with 2023. Absolutely. We should the same, Eric, and this was great. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thank you. Today's episode is made possible by Demandbase. Demandbase is smarter GTM for B2B brands to help marketing and sales teams spot the juiciest opportunities earlier and progress them faster. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Sunny Side Up. If you liked what you heard, please rate and review us and subscribe to our show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you consume podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube and Demand Based TV.